tuning in to Conscious Business with the Corporate Yogi. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. This podcast helps entrepreneurs develop the mindset needed to build and grow a conscious business. Whether you know it yet or not, your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. Each episode, we explore the different ways that your business calls you forth to grow on a personal level and through your relationships. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? I don't know about you, but I love a good conspiracy theory. One of my favorite all-time shows was The X-Files. And you know a show is good when you actually choose to stay in on a Friday night just to watch it. And for us, it was extra special because we were living in Vancouver at the time where the show was filmed. So it was extra cool because we recognized where all the scenes were shot all around the city. Today, I have a conspiracy theory for you. And if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to want to pay close attention because it's something that definitely impacts you. The conspiracy theory is around, are you ready for it? Multitasking. Yep, multitasking. Something that is seemingly good for you. Something that we think actually makes us more productive is actually making us less productive. Seriously. I'm so glad you tuned in today because this is such an important episode and I really want you to be informed about this. I'm also going to reveal exactly what is causing you to lose one-third of your workday. So here's what you're going to learn today. In the first segment, I'm going to talk about the myths of multitasking. In the second episode, I'm going to explain why multitasking doesn't work. In the third segment, I'm going to introduce you to three concepts that impact your productivity. And then in the last segment, you'll hear the conspiracy theory on multitasking and I'm gonna reveal who's behind it and how it's impacting you. But first, I wanna start with a story. So I'm calling today's story, The Mystery of the Missing Pavlova. And I'm dedicating this story to all my Aussie listeners who I especially adore, no matter where you are in this world right now. And this story is a perfect example of When you try to do too many things and you're really rushed, sometimes you skip over the single most important thing that you're supposed to do, which is a perfect topic for today because we're talking all about multitasking and how it actually doesn't make us more productive. So a few years ago, a very good friend of mine took an extended trip to Australia and she took time touring around the country, sightseeing, drinking in the local culture and spending time on the gorgeous beaches. And she came home with quite the souvenir. She came back from this trip with a very handsome and very charming Australian boyfriend who's since become her husband. So when she brought him for a visit to Toronto that summer, we hosted a barbecue to meet him. And we wanted to give him a particularly warm Canadian welcome. So what did we do? Well, we got him a hockey jersey, of course, with his name on the back. And as I told my Aussie friends, Beth and Jim, all about this new guy, they said, Oh, well, you have to get him a pavlova. A what? What the heck is a pavlova? And they went on to explain how it's a very, very special dessert in Australia. It's a meringue-based cake with fruit and cream on the top. Huh, well, okay, we have that in Canada too. We call it a flan cake. And you put cream and you put berries on top of it. Oh, no, 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 Julie. That's not the same thing. That is not a pavlova. And sure enough, I asked another one of my Aussie friends about this whole pavlova thing. And she said, oh, yeah, you have to get him a pavlova. It'll mean a lot to him. It'll feel really special. 
Well, I love making people feel special. So I rang up the bakery to order one for the party. But they had no idea what I was talking about. I mean, no idea. So I called another bakery and another and another. And after about 10 bakeries, I finally found someone who knew what I was talking about. I don't know about you, but when I decide and set my mind that I'm going to do something, I just dig in and do it. And the more I hear no, it makes me more determined to get a yes. So the baker I found was all the way across town, which was really tricky for me to get to. But I went ahead with it and I was really excited because I'd finally found my contribution to the barbecue to welcome my friend's new partner. I told all my friends about what a big deal this pavlova was going to be and just how special he was going to feel and how welcome. So I remember being crazy busy working that day, wrapping everything up for the weekend. I had to squeeze in this trip to across town to pick up the pavlova. And when I came home, I put it in the fridge to keep it cool before I head out to the barbecue. And I know I was trying to fit in way too many things as usual. And since I was staying over at my friends, I had to pack a bag and pick up wine. And of course, everything was frantic because I'd left it all to the last minute. But I got it all done and I head off to Union Station just in time to catch the train. Found a seat, settled down, and put all my bags down on the seat beside me. I took a big sigh and I had a moment of realization. I realized what I'd done. I'd been so busy running around, sorting out all the last minute details, trying to fit in way too much that I'd forgotten the most important thing, my special gift that I'd put so much time and attention into researching, sourcing, and picking up. I realized I'd forgotten the pavlova. And the story actually gets worse because I was so determined to have this cake that I sent my friends to go get it from my fridge after I left, which they did in rush hour traffic heading downtown Toronto, which is never a pretty thing. So I share this story as a simple reminder that sometimes in our effort to take on too much, we spread ourselves too thin. And sometimes this causes us to skip over the single most important thing. In this case, the pavlova. Today we talk about multitasking, which I have to be honest, I used to be a really big fan of, but I finally heard enough thought leaders talk really badly about it that it forced me to do some research for myself. And that coupled with a brilliant book that I just read called The One Thing has completely changed my perspective forever on multitasking. So I wanted to share my learning with you. So let's start off by talking about some of the myths of multitasking. I have four of them for you. Myth number one, when we multitask, we make more progress. Nope, not the case. In the one thing they point out that multitaskers, are you ready for this? Multitaskers are suckers for irrelevancy. Ouch, that one hurts. That one left a mark for sure with me. It's a healthy dose of tough love though, isn't it? Not all tasks are created equal. Some things are gonna net you greater impact than others, so use your time wisely. Myth number two. When we multitask, we are able to complete more tasks. 
nope, not the case. Just because you're doing more things simultaneously doesn't necessarily mean that all those things, or any of them for that matter, are actually going to get across the finish line. In fact, the more things you have on your plate decreases the chances that any of them will get finished. Myth number three, getting more done is always better. Nope. And this is pretty much the entire premise of the book, The One Thing. When we have more things to give our attention to, the more our attention and our focus is diluted. We don't truly give 100% to whatever it is that we're doing. You know that saying, jack of all trades, master of none. When you do more things, you are decreasing your quality of work. You're better off picking one horse and sticking with it. Myth number four. Multitasking is good for us and it makes us more productive and efficient. Nope. Truth is that multitasking actually makes us more anxious and ineffective. The opportunity cost of focusing on many different tasks at one time is that no one thing ever gets your full attention. And so we never really feel true pride and optimal creativity about what we accomplish. We're always left with that nagging feeling of inadequacy that we're not good enough or we could have done better. And don't even get me started on creativity. When we are in a fully results-driven mindset to optimize and get the most done that we can, we forget the importance of downtime, which is so critical to our creativity. I want to offer this episode as a check-in because I think there's some sort of egoic belief underlying multitasking that makes us think that we are being superior when we multitask. Kind of like we're some sort of superhero. We're better than others because we say yes to everything and we think we're getting more done. There really is a belief that doing more is better somehow. But this is a belief, not a fact. And that's a great tweetable. Our collective consciousness holds a belief that doing more is better. And I want to be clear that when I'm talking about multitasking, I really mean work-related tasks for your business, not just simple multitasking in everyday life, like walking and talking or having a little Skype chat while you're cooking dinner. I know that we can multitask on those simple things in life that don't require our full attention. Like you might be able to walk and talk, but if you were walking on a tightrope, well, then that would require your full attention. So you would probably not multitask while you were doing that. And the other important thing before we dive in is that I'm gonna be talking on multitasking on two different levels, on a micro level, on a small scale, and on a macro level, on the big picture. So we're gonna be looking at it in the traditional sense when we talk about multitasking, where you're doing lots of things at the same time, like having your email open, having Facebook open, sending text messages, all while writing an important document. And then we're also gonna look at the big picture or the macro version of multitasking, where we have multiple projects on our plate that we're giving equal priority to and attention to, And the cost of this is that no one project ever gets our full attention or benefits from momentum of all our effort. I wanna give you four reasons why multitasking doesn't work. Reason number one, we become less efficient. 
our attention gets divided. And while you think you're getting two things done, you're not because your total attention is spread across many things, which causes you to waste more energy and more focus, making you less efficient overall. Because then each task ends up taking longer. In the book, The One Thing, they estimate that we lose 28% of an average workday to multitasking ineffectiveness. Isn't that crazy? So here we are trying to do more, thinking we're actually getting more done, but we're actually doing 28% less. The second reason that multitasking doesn't work, quality suffers. As humans, we can technically do two things at once, like walking and talking, but we can't truly focus on two things at once, which means that the quality of work that we do will greatly suffer. And when it comes to work, we always want to pick a few high-impact things and focus on how we can do them really well. And so by multitasking, we're actually eroding our overall work quality, and this isn't a great strategy. You're always better off picking a few high-impact tasks and delivering them really well. That's how we build a strong brand, remember? The third reason why multitasking doesn't work, deadlines suffer. The more things we have on our plate, the less time we have to dedicate to each thing, which means that the momentum of each project slows down and we risk the chance that that project will actually get completed. So the more things you have on your plate, it decreases the chance of any one task getting completed. And the last reason that multitasking doesn't work, timelines get distorted. Oh, and this was another great gem that I got from reading The One Thing. It was a huge aha moment for me, something that really applied to me and how I work. When we work on multiple projects at once, we're unable to track the actual time that it takes to complete a single task because you're doing that task at the same time as other things. So we start to believe that things actually take longer than they actually do, which means that we lose perspective and we become less effective at managing our time. Remember Parkinson's law that says that a task or a project will always expand in complexity and scope relative to the time that you allot to complete it in. Now I want to talk about three different concepts that are going to impact your productivity. They are task switching, batching, and time blocking. And I promise these are going to change the way that you structure your day going forward. So the concept of task switching is simple. When we stop doing our current task and we change to do something else, there is an associated cost to doing so. And the cost is our time and our focus. Not only to switch gears and pick up the new task, but also in reorienting ourselves back with the old task when we return to it. Think about it. If we jump to something new, we have to shift our mindset into that new activity. And that might be mental energy, creativity, or time to remember where we were with that project and what the challenges were. And we might need time to open up and access different files that are on different drives. Then once we have everything good to go, we need to get up to speed and really get into the groove and generate momentum to do that project. And we're never really guaranteed that we're gonna pick up exactly where we left off. So the concept of task switching 
is really simple. It impacts our productivity negatively. So I want you to be really conscious about how often you switch tasks throughout your day and be aware of the impact of it so that you can make an educated decision before you jump to something new. And there's different things that cause you to task switch. Sometimes they're external and sometimes they're internal. So examples of external things that cause you to task switch are usually interruptions, like maybe receiving a phone call or an email notification or someone coming into your office to ask you a question. The impact is the same. You're distracted or pulled away from your current task. Then you have to refocus on the original task once you're done. Now the good news with these external distractions is that you can actually control many of them. You can close down your email programs. You could turn the ringer off on your phone or put in airplane mode. You can use software to block the internet. If you are working in a group setting, you could put up a sign on your door in the back of your chair that asks people to please not interrupt you. Now let's look at some of the internal drivers of task switching. And this is where your own mind becomes distracted by shiny objects. If you're writing a document and you think, ooh, I should really just make sure that one email gets out today, then you task switch and you send out that one email. You take time to open up your email, compose it, send it out, maybe attach a document and then have problems finding it or find a picture. And then you switch back to the task of writing the document and you have to remember and refocus where you left off. And let's not forget the landmine of distraction once you're actually in your email box and you see all those enticing emails vying for your attention to distract you once you're in there. Remember at the top of the episode, I promised to share with you what was causing you to lose one third of your day. Here it comes, so pay close attention. In the one thing, they really put hard data around multitasking and I highlighted three tidbits in the book that I really wanted you to know, so I'm gonna share with them with you now. First, researchers estimate that workers are interrupted every 11 minutes and then spend almost a third of their day recovering from their distraction. A third of your day is spent recovering and refocusing from whatever distracted you. That's crazy. Second, people who work on a computer during the day change windows, check email, or other programs nearly 37 times an hour. And third, media multitaskers actually experience a burst of dopamine from switching, which is highly addictive. And I know that this is accelerated with social media when we are anticipating likes or comments or shares. There's that social validation for our content or for our being. Bottom line, we are actually addicted to multitasking, literally. So we've learned that multitasking makes us inefficient and we've learned that task switching makes us inefficient. But don't worry, I'm not all bad news today. Let me get to the good stuff. I want to introduce you to the two concepts that will make you more productive, batching and time blocking. Now batching is a great tool that will help you get more done. And this is where we save up or consolidate a bunch of like tasks and we do them all at once. So I use batching in many different ways during my week. For example, I like to batch all my social media posts for the week and I schedule them all by a Hootsuite. 
So this means for me that I don't have to actually go in and think about what I'm going to post every couple of hours or try to remember what I posted already in the week. I just take care of it all in one sitting where I'm 100% focused and I kind of geek out here a bit because I actually put a timer on each time that I sit down and do it each week just to track and see if I can get a little bit more efficient each week that I do it. Now I also love the grocery store example as a great way to understand batching. Think about it. Going to the grocery store on once on the weekend to buy all your food for the entire week versus going every single day and buying what you need that night for dinner. Which one is more productive? Which one is going to cause you to spend more money overall? Which one will likely cause you to eat healthier? Think about it. Going once to the store versus seven times to the store. So batching is a great productivity tool and you can apply it to any area of your business or your personal life and it'll really help you focus and be more efficient with your time. The next tool to increase your productivity is time blocking. So rather than just working off a big to-do list every day of what needs to get done, we actually break down our day into specific time windows and we assign the task that we are gonna get done in each window. Now, I love this tool because it actually focuses you to get up close and personal with your productivity. It forces you to be really honest with yourself. It's like having a project manager that manages your time and makes sure you get done what you need to get done. Now, I suggest trying this out with one hour time blocks and you can batch many of them together to get a larger time block of three or four hours or you can just keep them as one hour blocks where you focus on one thing for the entire hour and then when it's up, you move on to the next time block and task. And this works on so many levels and it's especially good to counteract Parkinson's law, which we talked about earlier where tasks will expand in complexity and scope relative to the time that we allot for them. So there are three different concepts that I've introduced you to. Task switching is the one to really watch for because it decreases your efficiency. So put the necessary structures in place that are gonna prevent you from task switching too often. And when you do task switch, be conscious just of how it impacts you and how long it takes you to regain focus. Then we have batching and time blocking that are great tools that will help you be more efficient and will help you counteract the impulse and the distraction of task switching. And now it's time to introduce my conspiracy theory on multitasking. Now, I've spent a lot of time now over the last couple of weeks thinking about multitasking and productivity. And what I can't quite understand is why we all think that it's something so good. I think there's a belief in our collective consciousness telling us that multitasking is good, that it allows us to get more done. And also, I think it strokes our ego a bit to tell us that we are superior if we multitask, like it's some sort of special superpower that only we have. So you know that I love mindset, right? And I do truly believe that there is a layer of mindset underneath all of our actions, and more importantly, under our lack of action. So here's my theory. 
If multitasking doesn't make us more efficient, but we're convinced that it does, I think that it is our ego that leads us to multitask. And it entices us to multitask as a form of procrastination. Because when we have a bunch of different tasks going on at once, which gives us the illusion that a lot is getting done and that we're making lots of progress and that we're getting somewhere, but in reality, we're just spinning our wheels and going around and around in circles with many different projects. In reality, the more projects that we're working on, we lessen the chance that any one of them will ever cross the finish line. So when we multitask with a bunch of projects on our plate, then we are actually procrastinating the completion of any one of them. And you know what procrastination is, right? Do you remember? Procrastination is the fear of our success. So I wanna challenge you right now to have an honest look at all the different projects on your plate. Do you think that the sheer number of projects that you have on the go right now may be preventing you from getting any one of them done and across the finish line? Here's a couple tough love questions I want you to think more about. Number one, do you enjoy the rush of starting a project more than the pride of completing a project? Two, do you have a structure in place to evaluate and decide the impact of starting a new project before you decide to start a new project? And thirdly, do you have a really important project that is taking way longer than you want it to? Would it make sense to pause other projects for now so that you can focus all your attention on the one single project and give it your momentum? And my last question, are you afraid of your own success? And it's time to start wrapping up this episode. I hope that you take time to really think about multitasking, either on a micro level with your daily tasks or on a macro level with the number of projects that are on your plate right now. I would love to hear your feedback on this episode or any suggestions that you have for future episodes. And please be sure to subscribe to our newsletter at thecorporateyogi.com. You'll get access to the Conscious Business mini course and find out if there's anything blocking you from growing your business. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember that being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you will ever go through. So be patient and be kind to yourself. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it.